Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. As cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. I don't want a piece of the world. I want the whole world. I make my own rules. Because it's much easier that way. Trust me. What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we are back for another episode of The Snake Pit. And you guys know I could not do it without the man himself, the master of the DDT, WWE Hall of Famer, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, what's going on, dude? Just trying to hold on to my seat, man. There's a lot of stuff going on out there that uh, is pretty disgusting. Yes, <laughs> uh, man. It's, that's where we we're going to start this show. You know, ordinarily we tell people what we're going to be doing, but you know, with the, the week that we as, as a pro- professional wrestling community have seen, I mean, you know, it starts out with, with raw moving to, to Netflix here in 2025. That was huge news. The rock joins the TKO board. That's huge news. The rock is going to be a, a power player in pro wrestling again. And now to top it all off, we get these allegations, these insane, ridiculous, disgusting allegations of, of coming out about Vince McMahon. Jake, did you read about all this stuff? I did read it. and uh, It was uh, very disgusting, but it doesn't surprise me. Wow. That, that bothers me. For me to be able to say that, that doesn't surprise me leaves me thinking, man, this is pretty disgusting shit you're looking at here. And it doesn't even, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. You know, I, I believe the man is, is obviously partially insane. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's drunk with power. He has been for a long time, you know, and what, remember when they were doing the kiss your ass thing, mm. you know, that, that was pretty shitty. Uh, to to see and read that and, and not be surprised by it makes me shake my head, man. Just uh, so disgusting. And uh, Christ, man. What, what? I just don't get it. I don't get it. Hard to wrap your head around it and hard to kind of justify it in your mind. You know, first and foremost, you know, prayers up for this young lady and what she's been through. You know, that's something that she's going to have to deal with and think about and probably be tortured over for the remainder of her her life. Uh, 
and uh, like it's it's awful awful to think of it in those terms but it's also really hard to kind of put it together in your head because vince for all of his faults and god knows he's got plenty of them he's also made some incredible memories for us as wrestling fans and made a lot, a lot of people an awful lot of money in professional wrestling and allowed them to feed their families so man it's a, it's a weird feeling isn't it jake it is it's very very unnerving man it just uh makes you sad to think that there are people out there like that. You know, here this girl who's struggling just to make ends meet, just lost her parents, you know, in the worst worst place possible. And she's played, you know. Um, you know, if, if anybody out there, any of our listeners are going through any kind of abuse or difficulty, please go to rain, R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Seek the help that you need and uh, take the steps to to erase this sort of uh, this sort of thing in life. Yeah, it's out there, man. There's out there people that are stealing children and stealing grownups and torturing them and putting them in places and locking them away and just for their own use. Uh, it's, it's just... This is very disgusting. It is. It is. And, you know, like we're here to uh, provide people with an outlet on on the snake pit and, and remind them of some of the things that they really love about pro wrestling. And I'm glad that we're doing that this week, Jake, because I think it's really kind of important work uh, because I think a lot of people after this week need a reminder why they love wrestling. I certainly did um, after after reading about those allegations. So uh, we're going to try to give folks an outlet here this week. And uh, it's going to be tough to move on after that. But we are going to give it our best. Yeah. Uh, we are. This week, Jake, we are picking up the story where we left off way back on episode 14 of the Snake Pit when we talked about your rivalry with our old pal Dirty Dick Slater and your departure from Mid-South Wrestling. I would definitely recommend that everybody go back and listen to that episode for full context. But uh, today we're talking all about your debut after that with the WWF. So, Jake, as you and I discussed before we started recording here, this is a topic that has been discussed by you in several interviews, many, many countless interviews, I'm sure. But my goal is, as with every topic we discuss here, to give the definitive account of that milestone in your career. So we're going to take a deep dive into the subject like never before. Um, and I need to give a huge shout out to Andrew Hermes for all the incredible research that he compiles. He does an outstanding job of making sure that all the small nuances are covered here on the show. Um, so, Jake, you mentioned that uh, on that episode that you made a call to Vince after being told that you were the number five babyface in Mid-South, despite the fact that you had been getting crazy crowd reactions and your DDT was undoubtedly the hottest finish in wrestling. Um, now, on the other side of the fence, Jim Crockett Promotions was hitting on all cylinders following 1985 Starcade pay-per-view, The Gathering, and uh, the creation of the Four Horsemen at the end of November 85. 86 is about to be JCP's most profitable year in company history. So all of that makes me wonder, Jake, did you ever consider making a call to see if you could return to Mid-Atlantic instead of calling Vince? Absolutely not. What well, held you off? Well, I... I'd been through there. I'd spent a lot of time with Oli, and uh, I just didn't see them as, as good for me. Mm. I what they wanted, you know, they were looking for the body beautifuls and uh, you know the guys that are 
you know, ripped up and cut up and, you know, they were looking for monsters and uh, to go against who they had, you know, and uh, it just wouldn't have fit. I wouldn't have fit for them. Man, it's fun to think about you and JCP during that era with all the talent that was over there and some kind of like the dream combinations that we as fans could have seen. But again, as you and I discuss your experience in Mid-Atlantic just a few years prior to this, it's like, it doesn't sound like it was always great. No, it wasn't. It wasn't for me anyway. I just never got off the ground, man. Uh, I was there for probably over a year and just... Uh, hard grind, never, never having a door open for me, never having the opportunity to do anything different or exciting, uh, never having an angle shot on television. Uh, they shot a little bit apart. They started one with Ole and me and Piper, but they never followed it up. Mm -hmm. there, there was never a match. There was never bringing us together. So what was that for? So unfulfilled dreams and promises. So you're looking to secure your future. And it's like, I'm not going to turn back to those people who I had this bad experience with. And it's hard to blame you for eyeing the WWF, you know, with their crazy success that they're having with Hogan there on top. And the fact that WrestleMania had been just a massive hit. Yeah. Um, as as you mentioned, though, you called Vince after the conversation with Terry Taylor didn't go well and you had given your two weeks notice. But then when you called Vince, you were told that he'd be out of the country for 10 days. So at yeah. that point, you had two weeks left with Mid-South and nowhere to go afterwards. I was out of a job. Man, I'm like, what have I done? You know, I wanted to kick myself in the ass again, you know. I'm thinking, here I am. My wife is going to go off on me when she finds out that... uh I quit my job and don't have anything else ready. Mm. She didn't. She uh, believed in me. Why, I do not know. No, I'm just kidding. She, was all, she always supported me in whatever I did. She was, she was really great about that. Man, nothing like having a, a woman behind you that supports you and believes in you. And she had good reason. You know, you'd had a lot of success here along the way. And yeah. it's making me wonder, though, I mean, you know, despite your success, you're, you're talking about moving up to, quote unquote, the big time. Um, yeah. Were you confident that Vince would offer you a position when you returned and got your message? Yeah, I was. I was. I was real confident with that because uh, I've been asked before to come to go there, you know, and uh, I turned them down. Wow. That wasn't real smart. No, uh, whenever they took over Georgia Championship Wrestling, they they wanted me to stay with them, and oh, I man. did. I went to fucking Bon Aaron territory. <laughs> oh my god! Well, uh, that's interesting. I've never heard that about you. What yeah. uh, What made you think at the time that like WCCW might be a better choice for me? Well, it, it just it just made me angry that they came in there and jerked it jerked the, the business out from under me. Here I was booking it, running it, you know, in, in, in control of the, the talent. I was writing the television, doing all of it. And they jerked my dream out from under me. And it really pissed me off. So I was angry at them. 
So when they asked me if I wanted to come with them, I said, fuck you, man. I don't want to go with you motherfuckers. And that's just the way I said it, too. Yep. Uh, if I remember right, you actually tore up the book right in front of Vince yep. and said, shove it up your ass. Shove this up your ass. You'll need it. Well, like we know that Vince is all business, um, which is so it doesn't really surprise me that he would look past that and want to bring you in. But I'm curious, what changed your opinion regarding Vince in the WWF that you were like, OK, now it's it's time to go. Well, for lack of choices, you know, uh, I, mean, I had to make here uh, whether to go to, to stay and be the number five baby face. Fuck you. Or... <laughs> Or go to Crockett, or try to hang on somewhat place else and make money. Well, there was no place else to make money. You know, all the little places were, were going away. You know, and if you could get in somewhere, you wouldn't make any money because everybody was wanting a job. So it just you know there, the choice was Crockett. Or Vince. And I went with Vince. You already knew what was waiting for you in Crockett after your first experience, so now it's time to try something new. Uh, uh, when you do finally hear back from Vince, how does that go? Does he does he set up a meeting, or does one of his people do it? Oh, he did it all, man. He told me to get on an airplane and get my ass up there. You know, we always hear that when Vince sees a lot of potential in somebody, he will invite them to his house as opposed to inviting them to meet at the office. Were you at the house? I was at the office. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, maybe that was a thing that happened down the road where he would invite people over, but that's a thing that I've I've heard over or over the years. Have you ever heard that narrative about Vince? Or I've been to his house several times. Okay. Once he got to know you a little bit better, he was like, oh, this guy's got it. Yeah. Um. Aside from Vince, who else was present at this initial meeting? Oh, Blackjack Lanza. Uh, came in and then left. Uh, Pat Patterson came in and left. And then it was just Vince and I. Mm. You know, and uh, he sat there and uh, told, me, told me they had an idea for me. And I'm like, well, what's the idea? And he's like, well, we're going to dress you up in uh, uh, neon green or purple tights and I'm like tights uh, I don't do tights man you know if you've watched me you've seen what I wear you know I wear the karate pants with uh, slip on boots and he's like well that's not what we're doing we got a spot for somebody who will wear purple tights or lime green wear knee high snakeskin boots and I'm thinking, knee-high snakeskin boots. How long is that going to take to lace them fucking things up? <laughs> like, hell no, in my mind, you know. And he's like, and carry a snake. But at the same time, he's writing down some numbers on a piece of paper, and he slides that over to me, and it says a million dollars on it. And I just went, looked at that million dollars and went, fuck Yeah. <laughs> I'll look great in lime green, man. No problem. <laughs> Hell, that's probably going to give me more support on my ankles, man. And the older I get, it'll probably be a good thing for me. 
Yeah, great idea, man. Great idea. Carry a snake, no fucking problem, man. I didn't care what it was, you know. But that's, you know, when somebody throws a million dollars in your face, you're going to do something, brother. If you've never had a chance to to break out and break out on top, uh, this is my opportunity to rise to the top, you know. And uh, I want to do it better than anybody could do it. And because uh, my mind, hell, I, I was Jake the Snake for years. I'd already incorporated snake moves and shit in my gimmick. And uh, this was going to be easy. Super Bowl 58 is almost here. And if you're looking for a super offer, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Guys, right now, the 49ers are minus two as we march toward the big game. But can Taylor Swift cheer Kelsey and Mahomes on to victory against Purdy, McCaffrey, and that well-coached San Francisco squad? It's hard to picture the big game getting any bigger, but DraftKings Sportsbook has done it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SNAKEPIT. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. And don't forget to use that code SNAKEPIT. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You know, to your point, you had been Jake for years. You had uh, you'd spent a long time kind of honing this and, and establishing your your uh, your character. And you know, it, even in 1986, here the WWF presentation was much more about sports entertainment than it was about pro wrestling. Um, you know, and and actually on his podcast, Arn has said that one of the things that he was re- that worried him the most was that Vince would change his character, make him and Tully a cartoon character. So I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, a, a million dollar offer. I mean, that is nothing to fuck around with. However, at the time, it's like you'd worked really, really hard to get where you are in wrestling. Were you concerned he was going to damage the Jake the Snake character? Uh, no, not at the time. You know, I've always believed. You know, you can dress me up in pink or do it. Or, or polka dots. Remember somebody doing polka dots? <laughs> it didn't destroy them, brother. He got it over. And that's that's the thing with me. My, my shit is so tight. You can't see through it. You know, and whatever I do, people believe it. And as long as I kept that going, I wasn't worried about hurting the character 
or any of that shit. Because I knew as long as I went out there and worked my style, nobody could hurt it. Man, that's a really good point. And it's something that Ted has actually said is like, you know, because he came from the same kind of background as you did. He's also second generation. And, you know, a lot of people ask him like, oh, man, you know, you went from being, you know, the, the guy with the glove to million dollar man Ted. He's like, yep. But as soon as I took that suit off and got into the ring, I was Ted DiBiase again. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Well, I know that you had been around Vince previously. Obviously, you told him to shove that book up his ass. Uh, yeah. But uh, would th- this would have been probably the most extended conversation you had had with him up to this point, right? Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, what had you heard about him prior to this? I heard you got to watch him, man, and he'll he'll have you saying yes, and, you know, and that's exactly what happened. So that that was he's like a a great salesman essentially. Great salesman, that, and he knows the psychology too. He knows how to play you. He knows how to play you. The meeting itself didn't take fifteen minutes. That's it. That's it. So the most important, impactful meeting of your whole life, less than fifteen minutes. Yeah, dude, that's incredible. Yeah, I thought so too. You know, and then. Uh, Afterwards, he, he said, hey, why don't you go to a show tonight and see some of the guys? And I'm like, okay, well, how do I get there? He's like, I got a car for you. A what? <laughs> and it was a limo. <laughs> wow. And a limo took me to uh, White Plains, New York, and I watched the show. But uh, it was odd going into the locker room, man, because uh, right off the bat, I felt jealousy. You know, I felt I felt that, you know, guys going, oh, my God, he's coming in, you know, and uh, worried about their spot. They wanted to know if I was going to be babyface or a heel, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm going to be a heel. You know, the baby faces were happy, but the heels weren't. <laughs> you know, that's interesting because it was going to be one of my questions coming up later is that like this is a hyper competitive period of time in the WWF. You don't work, you don't get paid. And like, you know, these guys are all kind of jockeying for position. You're coming in with this reputation of being a great worker and a great promo. You've got a really interesting gimmick with a snake. Yeah. Uh, it's like there's a lot to be uncomfortable about for these guys. I mean, how long do you think it took before, you know, the guys started to actually treat you like one of one of the boys? Uh, probably three months. Okay. You know, it took some time, man. And, uh, but it never went away. It was still there. You know, even though they, uh, there were some guys that took me in and one of them was Mr. Fuji. And, uh, Don Morocco, Bob Orton. Uh, there, there were some guys. I can't remember many more names than that. But uh, Greg Valentine. Mm. Greg doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Man, good on them. Because it's like, I can kind of see both sides of it. Where it's like, yeah, you want to help bring somebody up and elevate the product. But then it's also like, what if this dude takes my job? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, was it decided right then and there uh, during this meeting that you're going to be a heel? Yeah. How did you feel about it? Because for context for our listeners, you were coming off a really hot baby face run in Mid-South. The DDT was getting this massive reaction from fans. And, you know, here, you know, they're playing to put you on a snake 
or with a snake on TV, thereby making you a very interesting character right out of the gate. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's do you think you would have been more comfortable in a baby face role? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I wanted to be a heel. You know, I really wanted to be a heel because your champion's a baby face. Mm. So I want to be a, I want to be the guy that fights the champion. You know, you weren't eyeing merchandise or anything like that. You were thinking, I want to work on top with Hogan. Yeah, absolutely. I knew that no matter what I did, I'd start out as a heel, but I would turn babyface because that's just the way it works with me. People can't people can't see through my shit. So they give up on hating me and start cheering for me. I think it was pretty inevitable, not just the snake, but again, the DDT. I mean, yeah. the crowds have had been training you that like, oh, if I do this, they're going to cheer. And they did. Yeah, they did, man. Because they seen it as a badass fucking thing to do. Yep. Looks like it kills the guy. How can you not like that? Right. No wonder they popped, you know. Which I think is a big reason why Goldberg got so over is like he looked like he was cutting people in half with that fucking spear, and like all of a sudden people are standing up like, "Oh my god, did you see that?" Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's babyface all the way, man. Yep. Um, now coming out of that meeting, did you feel like Vince was a guy that you could put your faith in? No. No, because he he was too smooth. Mm. You know, and uh, you know, his reputation of, of going around and shutting people down, chewing up, chewing them up, and spitting them out, you know, that concerned me. You know, my own concern was that he don't chew me up and spit me out, you know. But uh, I was hoping he couldn't do it. Yeah, it's when somebody comes at you that with that kind of a smooth sales pitch, it's yeah. like, ooh, kind of puts your radar up a little bit, I'm sure. It does, man. It really did. Now, another interesting aspect here is that historically, Vince kept a creative uh, decisions within his little inner circle. And the creative process in the spring of 1986 was largely determined by him and Pat Patterson until Bruce Pritchard would come along the next year. Uh, now you're coming off of being the creative, uh, being part of the pr creative process in both Georgia and Mid South. Right. Was it? Was there ever any discussion of having you help with creative or wrestling only? I told Vince when I was talking to him the first time I met him that my my true joy was to be a writer, mm. write for the WWF. And he said, "Well, right now there's not, there's nothing available." But we'll keep that in mind, and when you're through doing your run, then we'll move you to that position. Yeah. So he's done said yes to everything I asked for. So even something he's like kind of taking away from you, he's also at the same time saying, but you can have it later. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. He is pretty smooth, isn't he? Yes, he is. Well, famously in the WWF, there are no guaranteed contracts, only what Vince calls guaranteed opportunities. Uh, anything you can share about the first contract agreement as far as what to expect from the house shows or pay? Like you said that he gave you this million dollar figure. I mean, like, is that like a million dollars a year or you'll make this during your run or like what was implied there? A million a year. Was Whoa. Implied. Whoa. Never happened. 
it would be like the biggest contract ever in wrestling at that point by probably a, a long shot, aside from, of course, what Hogan was making. Yeah. Man, kind of, I mean, at, at what point when you're getting your payoffs, do you kind of throw that back in his face and say like, hey, dude, this is not exactly what you showed me? Well, I did that. And he said, wait till you do your run with Hogan. Mm. You know, and uh, that was early on. You know, even though, even though I was making, you know, like averaging between seven and fifteen thousand a week. Pretty good. That's not bad, man. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty good when you're looking it back and saying, "Well, mid south, I was making fifteen hundred. Oh uh, well, huh." And driving all those miles. Yep. And uh, taking a beating, man. But, uh, yeah. It's hard to bitch when you're making 7, 10, 12, 15. You know, and occasionally a 20. Yeah, it's hard to bitch then. Got to be the best money you'd made in your entire career up to that point, right? Fuck yeah. By far. So even though, man, what's funny about that is like, okay, you might be disappointed about like not making the million, but like once you see those checks, you got to be like, okay, never mind, I'm doing fine. Within within three months, I bought a house. Dude, incredible. And I'd never, I never imagined myself buying a house. I mean, not with the money you made at Mid South or anyways else. Save a lot of damn money. Now, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, the travel in Mid-South. Did uh, Vince or, you know, Blackjack or whoever else popped into the room, did anybody mention what kind of travel commitment you were in for with the WWF? Oh, they told me I was going to be flying my ass off. Okay. But flying's a whole lot easier than driving your ass off. And it is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard the news? Since last November, interest rates have fallen an entire point. So if you're looking to get rid of that credit card debt and lower your monthly payments, this is the second chance you've been looking for at SaveWithConrad.com. Now could be the perfect time to save yourself five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of pocket to do this at SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, also, you can skip your next two house payments. That's right. Skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 32416, equal housing lender. Again, guys, it's SaveWithConrad.com. So uh, worthwhile, but holy shit, man. It's, uh, that's kind of a lot of pressure, and I, I would imagine it's a lot of pressure whenever you call home and you've got this great news for Cheryl, but then you're saying, by the way, I'm going to be gone all the time. Well, I told her I was going to be gone a lot. And uh, her her answer was, you're gone a lot already. You know, and you think about the Mid-South days, man. Yeah, you, you went home every night. But what'd you do when you got home? You went straight to fucking bed. You get up about 11 o'clock the next day. You'd be around for two or three hours and it's time to go again. Mm. So how much are you really there? You know, and, uh, you know, and, and again, she stood behind me with everything that I've done 
and she stands her stood behind me now because now she's getting a hole. Yeah. And um, she's over the top excited. Christ, are you kidding? You know, and we tough this out for a little while. And life changing money, like you know, that's going from whatever fifteen hundred a week to seven grand, or sometimes double that amount, triple that amount. Like, dude, insane. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, there were a lot of times that I'm like, I've had it, I can't do it anymore. I'm fed up with this bullshit, and she'd say, "Well, your check just got in, and it was sixteen thousand." <laughs> well, fuck, I can do it for another week anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe I can stick this thing out. Yeah, I'll try to hold on. Where do you guys buy a house? Because I hear that a lot of people are pressured to or want to move up north when they get this big opportunity. Oh, I bought one in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Was there ever a thought of moving up north? Yeah, there was. Uh, there was an opportunity to me whenever I took over to started booking for it full time in 96. Mm-hmm that he wanted me to move up there. And uh, Cheryl said, absolutely not, you know. And uh, he offered me quite a deal, man. He was going to buy me a home and put me up in it. And then after three years, the home would be mine. Wow. So that's an incentive. But you got to do what makes the wife happy, and I get that. Well, Jake, your in-ring debut with the WWF takes place on March 2nd, 1986 at the Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto on a card that features Savage, Piper, Orndorff, Bob Orton, and Steamboat. It draws 12,500 fans. And for context, Hulk Hogan was not among the names that I just put out there. So right. you guys are you guys are bringing 12,500 fans to Toronto without Hogan on the card. I mean, that's a really strong first impression, is it not? Absolutely. It blows my mind. I mean, absolutely wild. Um, and I, I mean, you're debuting as the WWF is growing hotter and hotter. And at the time, wrestlers were paid on the houses and there are no guaranteed contracts, as I mentioned. So, I mean, when you see a crowd like that, your first night in, it's got to be like, holy shit, I made the right move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> Would I mean, you know, obviously you'd had a lot of experience. You'd been in the ring with fucking Muhammad Ali at this point. But yeah. any nerves? No, no, not at all. You were feeling good about the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Because nobody had anything like I had. <clears throat> and like that confidence, uh, boys and girls that are listening to this, like that's why Jake was really successful. When you believe that in yourself, other people start to look at you in that way too, right? Absolutely, man. You gotta believe. Now, I named a lot of names there, and you said that right out of the gate, it was like a very unwelcome feeling. Uh, anybody jump off the page there as far as like who maybe the, was the most like not so warm and fuzzy? Piper was hard to get to know. Okay. He was very hard to get to know. But once once I did meet Piper and really talk to him, we were good. But at first, he was very standoffish. It's interesting, too, because you had been around Piper in Mid-Atlantic and, and had the opportunity to work with him down there. So you'd think he'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy, good. But then at the same time, it's like Piper's known for his promo. He's not like a super big body guy. And now this super interesting guy who's got a great promo just came in the door like, eh, maybe, uh, maybe maybe don't like the fact that he's there right away. 
Absolutely. Uh, well, you're pinning Scott McGee here in your debut, and you're going to go on to work with Scott a shitload of times here in the coming months on the way to your feud with Steamboat. Uh, what did you think of Scott, and did he did he do a good job for you as far as helping display the character? Scott was a little tough, man. He, you know, he, he did the job, but it could have been done better. Okay. What, what was he lacking? Just willingness. Mm. You know, he, he didn't know how to follow very well. You know, uh, he never complained or anything like that, but uh, it was just, it was a, I had to work at it and I shouldn't have to. Now, it's, I know that back in the day, it was always the thought that, like, uh, this dude's sandbagging me or this guy's trying to make me look bad in the ring. And again, you're the new guy in town and yeah. there's a lot of jealousy. Was there ever a thought, like, Scott's fucking with me? Yeah, there was at first. But then once you got to know him, you're just like, he's just not that great in the ring. He's, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Well, that's kind of a breath of fresh air. And uh, Jake, that is going to wrap us up for this week. We will continue this story down the road. We're going to do a WrestleMania 2 episode where we're going to talk about things from this moment forward and the build of WrestleMania. I mean, your first experience at the big show and you make a dude foam at the mouth. It's going to be great times. Yeah, he came. <laughs> the most interesting way possible, at least that I've seen. Absolutely. Well, guys, you know what time it is now. I've got to remind you that if you're looking to attract that 25 to 54-year-old male demographic to your product or service, you've got to hit advertisewithsnake.com. Jake was back on AEW Dynamite and Collision not too long ago. He's already booked up for a busy 2024, going city to city, meeting and talking to his loyal fan base. And you can get him to put over your stuff to that exact demographic. If you want some evidence that it works, just listen to our show. We, you'll hear that we are always advertising for the same folks because once they advertise with us, they come to understand that what we do here on the Snake Pit works. Head to AdvertiseWithSnake.com and team up with the Hall of Famer, Jake the Snake Roberts. Come on, Jake Roberts is your tag team partner. Do not miss out on that. It's AdvertiseWithSnake.com. JakeTheSnakeShop.com has got all kinds of great stuff, including Jake's new wrestling buddy. I mean, what a cool throwback to that childhood favorite that we all had in our collection. But now it's updated, and it's got a little bit more of a sleek and modern look to it. Did I mention that Jake can sign and personalize these things? I mean, come on. You've got to go and get yours. Head over to JakeTheSnakeShop.com right now and add one of these to your wrestling collection. Valentine's Day is almost here, and if you want to hook that special someone up with a really unique gift, you've got to get over to Cameo.com slash Snake for a personal message from the legendary Jake Roberts. Here's a recent review from Anonymous. Such a thoughtful, kind, and fun message. My brother loved it. Much appreciated. You get these cameos quickly, and you get a bunch of effort from one of the very best in the business who's doing these. Jake loves doing them, and he loves having the opportunity to interact with his fans. And look, if you're a lifelong fan of Jake, you owe it to yourself to check this out. Again, it's cameo.com slash Jake Snake. Order yours right now.
get over to the snake pit page at boxofgimmicks.com and check out the awesome vintage style merch we have there we've got this great shirt there now with a very old school roots of fight kind of feel to it with an image of a young jake roberts as he was making his way through the territories and kind of finding himself if you know the image that was used on his rookie card that's the one that's on this shirt and it's just unbelievably cool it's got the logo on the sleeve if you're just listening to this you've got to go and check it out it's boxofgimmicks.com, the Snake Pit page. Have a look. I'm sure you guys are going to find something there that you really love. Check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Snake Pit Pod for short clips from the show, some highlights, and exclusive content. We dropped that awesome bonus episode with Baby Doll there talking about WCCW, and we plan to add a lot more bonus content there moving forward. Not to mention, we do giveaways, and it's a great way to support our show by subscribing. Hey, speaking of subscribing, if you're enjoying the Snake Pit on your podcast app, please subscribe, like, and leave us a five-star review. It's a really fast, easy way to support our show and help us continue to deliver great content for you guys every week. Also, just a reminder, you can get The Snake Pit and all the other shows in our network early and ad-free over at adfreeshows.com, starting at just $9 a month. Plus, we've got a lot of bonus content over there, interactive chats with your favorite hosts and some wrestling personalities, so much more. Uh, have you guys heard the news yet about the new series, Enter Sandman, with ECW legend The Sandman? Not to mention The Mailbag with Mike Chioda. How about Tuesdays with The Taskmaster with Kevin Sullivan? The book with David Crockett, Lex Express with Lex Luger. I mean, there's so much over there. And seriously, there's something for fans of any era of wrestling. Stop missing out on all the great content. Get over there. Become a member right now. It's adfreeshows.com. You can catch Jake on X at JakeSnakeDDT, on Instagram at JakeTheSnakeDDT, and on Facebook at RealJakeTheSnake. You can follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on X. You can follow the podcast at SnakePitPod on all social media platforms. Guys, I absolutely love this episode. It was a really fun look back to the beginning of Jake's time with the WWF. And we're going to continue that story here moving forward as we look at uh, WrestleMania 2 and some of the other stuff that was going on for him during his early period with the company. I also wanted to mention, you know, many of you know that my wife is pregnant and due to give birth here on February 16th. So it's coming up fast and it's got me thinking about the recording schedule here with Jake and how I'm going to handle it if all of a sudden, you know, Jake and I are due to record and the baby arrives on that day. So I actually thought ahead about this a little while back. Back in December, I recorded an episode with the legendary Larry Zabisco talking about Starcade 1997 and his match with Eric Bischoff, not to mention the whole Sting and Hogan thing, the buildup, him and Scott Hall stepping back into the ring. Larry was fantastic. It's such a great episode. And I'm excited to announce that whenever this baby does arrive, the following week, you guys can expect that episode with living legend Larry Zabisco talking about WCW in 1997. But, you know, of course, Jake and I will be back in action a week later. I think that my wife and I will be settled in by then. And I'll look forward to more exciting content to give you guys here every single week on The Snake Pit.